Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Hope Dealer. I'm Ed McDonough, CEO of Gatehouse Treatment, and I'll be dealing you some hope this morning. Are you listening to us on 107.7 The Pulse and 107.3 WEMJ? Uh, if you'd like to call in today, 866-823-1077. Uh, and for more information about uh, Gatehouse or the Hope Dealer, gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer. Gatehouse Treatment New Hampshire, also Facebook Live if you want to see my pretty face. Um, we're, we're joined today by um, my colleague, our outreach coordinator, Mac Mark Macaluso. Good. Got uh, it. Yeah, which... Never mind. I, I signed the check so I can butcher his name. But Mark has a special guest with us today, someone that we've been working with uh, up in the Lakes region, um, Chief Suckling. You want to explain Dan Barry, pretty much like all New Hampshire cop, I think. is Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I sound like one too, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, the chi- I'm the chief in Danbury, and I'm a full-time officer in the town of Alexandria. Awesome, awesome. So the the story goes, and, and Mark, I... I kind of let you tell this. So the story goes that one of one of my uh, colleagues, colleagues, uh, bosses, e- executive man, <laughs> yeah, executive management team uh, was was not doing the right thing. I think he got pulled over. He was doing ninety 50, and a thirty, fifty-one and a thirty-five, <laughs> fifty-one and a thirty-five. Yep. Kids were buckled in. I hope. Oh, he's by himself, and he was in a fancy uh, Chevy. I think he was in a suburban or a Tahoe. Yeah. And he was flying through town, and uh, we had a chance to meet. Nice. So you're just out doing out routine. Doing, yep. And you said, listen, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. Oh, I, I pulled him over, and we had a chat. And I was like, uh, you realize this is 35? He's like, no, pulls out a Florida um, license. So I'm wondering Fake, what, he, right away, what right? he's doing <laughs> What he's doing in Danbury <laughs> yeah. at 11 o'clock at night in this rental car with a Florida license. You know, it just makes us wonder a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, is there something more to this? So I got chatting with him, and it uh, turns out he was escaping the hurricanes down there. He'd rented a house in Danbury for a, for a couple of days just to get out of that, that area. And yeah. I, we got talking about what he does and... Turns out that he had something to do with this weird uh, rehab place that you guys are all involved with. Yeah, we got chatting about it and about the issues that we're having in small towns with the uh, with the epidemic that we're going through and and how much it's affecting us. And I tried to convince him to open a facility right where we were. And he's <laughs> and um, maybe that'll happen in the future. Who knows? But I I would love it because yeah. I would get right on the water, right so. up there. Yeah. So we got talking about what he does and what I do, and we started talking about. Um, Pretty soon into it, I had to tell him he was free to leave, so that you know it was. Yeah, it was. He wanted to it, bring you home. Yeah, it was a consensual sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, chat at that point, and uh, so we got talking about it, and um, we realized that the issues that I was going through up there as a as a police officer and dealing with people um, with addictions was something that he really could help us with. So we got talking about how we could possibly work together, and I mean, this is a twenty five minute chat. Yeah. And um, and he said, listen, I'll get one of my guys to give you a call next week. And uh, Mark gave me a call a week or two later, and we started working out a plan as to see if we could work together and and how it, how it could possibly work. And Mark came up to the Lakes region, got a little lost because he was north of Boston. North, yeah. Right, mate? Hey, it was unfamiliar territory for me. <laughs> use There's the cows s- in the fields, you mean? Skyscrapers, city life, and... Um at lakes and trees, mountains, it was new to me, absolutely. So Mark came up and met with uh, myself and Chief Sullivan from the Alexandria PD, and we started talking about more about what our issues were and how that we were having 
<clears throat> we really had no focus or anything to do with um, any kind of rehab treatment. We're certainly good at arresting people and, and uh, following through with the judicial system, but mm -hmm. we were talking about a, an alternative approach for us that yeah. if someone wanted to reach out to us and say, hey, listen, I need help, that maybe we could help them rather than saying, let me see the insides of your vehicle, yeah. that we could talk about getting them alternates. So <clears throat> we we talked for a couple of hours probably that day, right, about yeah. what we could do. And, and I suggested to Mark, I'm like, hey, what about me coming down to meet with some of your guys and, yeah. and Mark's like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So we set it up a couple of weeks later. I was down in Nashua at the facility down there. And I, I, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. I yeah. was traveling down there and I was nervous. I was really nervous about going in there because this is the real deal. You know, this is, this is, these are the guys that we're trying to help. Yeah. And I went in there and I was like, listen, I spoke to Mark first. I'm like, I won't wear a full police uniform. I don't want to scare these guys off, yeah. but there's some things I have to wear, like a gun and stuff. Mark's, yeah. Mark's like, yeah, well, you've got to come down and do your job. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I went in and there was what, 12 guys down there, I think. Yeah, about, yes. 12 guys. And I uh, went in there and we asked them honestly, well, I asked them honestly, what, what does law enforcement do right? in terms of you guys, what have we done wrong and what are things that we could do differently to get you guys to the point that you're at right now? Yeah. And this is, you know, the opinions of 12 guys that are talking from, from a place of semi-sobriety, I guess that's fair to say, yeah, right? Yeah, early, 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 early stages. Who, yeah. who probably have different views on, yeah. on law police and, and, and law enforcement right. interactions so. with them. Right, and some of them were older, some of them were younger, and they're probably all at different stages in their path to sobriety or... Um, in, in their life, for sure. Some of them families, some of them not. And it was um, it was blatantly honest. And I mean, it was good. Uh, it was a good interaction. So what were some of the thoughts on what, what they said you guys did right? Well, some, you know, I, I'm not going to say no one said we did anything right, but <laughs> some of them, well, there was one guy in particular I remember said that he had a family friend that was a police officer and he could always talk to him. And there was that kind of understanding there between this guy and, and this police officer so yeah. it was the personal relationships that these guys had with some officers i'm not going to say departments yeah but some officers that had been honest and legit with them and they found it i guess refreshing i don't want to talk for them but then we, i learned about some things that they thought were wrong that they had approached wrong but all of these guys in their honesty were like hey man i i totally deserved it looking back on it now i this is this broke is a the, law i <laughs> broke a law i was doing x y and z but um it was it was honest and then we came to the point of what could we do differently mm -hmm. and that was probably the most eye-opening point for me and and you know there's this one guy that said to us um i've been to rehab several times and this is the first time anyone from law enforcement has sat down and met with us yeah and you know to open that kind of communication between me and those guys Although it was somewhat selfish for me, I was there to learn about what we could do differently. And it wasn't about arresting everyone. I yeah. wasn't trying to learn where they were hiding heroin in their yeah. glove box or. I charge you know, a consulting fee for that stuff. Right, right. So. Or where they were putting cocaine in their trunk. It yeah. wasn't about that. It was yeah. about uh, the human factor. The human factor, getting how there. to approach them. At yeah. one point, his big, one of his biggest concerns were what's the best time to speak with somebody and right. about approaching them on how to get help. And truth be told, there is no perfect time um right but i definitely think you got some insight as far as i mean we were saying you know at the at, at the point of arrest when we've caught someone with a bunch of dope or whatever everyone wants to go to rehab at that point you know oh, yeah. i'll just go to rehab and it and it kind of doesn't work like that 
Yeah. As you guys can attest to. Someone's got to be ready to go to the treatment. And you guys can speak more to this than I can. But someone's got to be ready to go to the treatment before we catch them with a whole bunch of yeah, felonious mean, drugs. You know, it's, some sometimes it works out simultaneously. Yes. You know, it can be that. And then usually it's a couple of days after. So they spend the night in jail. Maybe they're in county, and then you know now it's like I didn't, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. And, and talking about that, you know, I've I've searched people's vehicles where they they've said to us, yeah, you can go ahead and search, and we found a bunch of drugs in their car, and it's like, why would they let us do that? Yeah. I mean, the Fourth <laughs> Amendment right says yeah. that you don't have to consent to a search or seizure without yeah. probable cause or a warrant, depending on what state you're in. In New Hampshire, it's a little bit more restrictive because we don't recognize cars as an exception to that Fourth Amendment yeah. uh, right. So, um, and I've worked out later that someone was ready whether they knew it or not to give up yeah what they were doing and it's, it's almost like you don't have the will to fight it anymore right, you know right. you just kind of let it let it go and- absolutely and, and and you know looking at back on those encounters it's been you wonder why they would let you do it but i think some people subconsciously are saying i'm done with this lifestyle come find me it's right here Let's get me some help or get me into something. Yeah. And, and I like, you know, the human factor is huge for me because I grew up in, in, in a family in law enforcement. And what I know is that everyone is affected by addiction, whether you get to wear a badge or whether mm-hmm. you dig holes for a living, everybody's family. So, you know, the idea where there's this whole police against people in recovery, it's not necessarily true. It's just it's a very like fine line that has to be walked, I think. I, I think it's absolutely um, like that. We. We're a huge part of the community. It's, I think, policing in New Hampshire, especially in rural New Hampshire, isn't about us and them. It's about we. Yeah. You know, hand in hand, let's run through the fields. As ethereal as that sounds, as whatever. It's, it's, I mean, it's true. You, you know, it's community policing. It's community it's, policing. Yeah. We know, in in small towns, our community. And some, and I'm not going to say that the the bigger cities don't. But we know when people move out of their house or people move in or someone's walking yeah. down the street. And it's, it's, I really enjoy that side of it, that human interaction where we, where we know these people and, and someone can say thanks or, or I've, you know, it's saying that we can't escape it either, you know. I mean, if we do a, a poor job and we piss someone off, not only have we pissed off son, we've pissed off father, uncle, you name yeah. it. Everyone's yeah. angry with us. So you've got to be conscious of that the whole time that we're doing policing. And this yeah. is something that lets us into families a little bit more. And and some of the stuff we've done together since um, has really affected the community as a whole, getting in, someone into treatment. Yeah. People are starting to understand that the police aren't there just to lock people up, that we're actually there to help. Yeah, I mean, so you, sometimes you're the only number people know to call. Oh, it's only, yeah. it's only it's, three numbers. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly so. yeah. So... You know, we've come up, um, I'm a member of a, an association called the Newfound Area Chiefs Association. It's a whole bunch of fire departments and, and police departments around the Newfound Lake, that, that whole big catchment. Mark came up a couple of weeks ago because uh, our relationship's been going great. We've got some people into recovery and hopefully we've uh, saved some lives. So we've asked Mark and Gatehouse to come up and be... I won't say the the provider for, for rehabilitation yeah. facility, but certainly as a resource to us for someone to call. And um, so Mark came up, met all those guys, bought us some wonderful bagels. Thanks, bro. Glad you enjoyed. Yep. He, Mark has great food taste. Yeah, he really does. He has great food taste. So he never he brings was, me any, but I hear he brings yeah. everyone else. It's a little so sliver he, of the South Shore. It was awesome. So yeah. came up and met with all these chiefs and... Um, 
and we've since put together a scholarship that we're going to start raising funds for to use for people in our communities for rehabilitation. So I, I don't know if, if Mark or you want to touch on it, but let's, you know, a lot of our listeners are city listeners. So let's talk about the, like, what does the, the you know, it's probably opiate epidemic, my, my professional experience. Is, what does that look like in your area? It's ugly. And, and I'm just going to be gloves off, truthful. It's yeah. ugly. Yeah. I mean, it's... If it was pretty, we wouldn't be here. Right. No, no, well. you're absolutely right. You know, a couple of years ago, there was this program in the state called uh, the Granite Hammer. Yeah. Um, you know, Nashua, Concord, Manchester were all hitting hard. Um, people that were dealing and using drugs. Yeah. It's great. I think it was awesome. So a lot of people started moving to these small towns and setting up these drug houses. And, and we called it the Granite Splatter. Yeah. As the hammer went down, we got the splatter. And I know we've talked about this yes. lots of times, yeah. Mark. So people were moving to these smaller communities to use drugs, to sell drugs. And we noticed these houses quick because we know our community, the, yeah. you know, smaller catchment. And um, and it's ugly. I mean, you know, these, these houses were setting up. and uh, Using like rental properties. Rental properties. properties foreclosures, like yeah. you name it. And um, that's part of it where people were getting the cities coming to small towns. Yeah. But then we've got um, some users that are living with mum and dad, have done forever, yeah. and it's ugly. It's family ripping apart stuff, you know, whether... Absolutely. You, you know, whether son's coming home and using or, or whatever they're doing or just stealing, constant stealing. Yeah. Just... The fights, all the yeah, other the, crime the things, fights, the robberies, domestics, The rat that. baggery. I'm yeah. going to call it the rat baggery. Yeah. Is that Okay. I, that I like that. That's the word of the yeah. day, I think. It's, it's so, you know, we're getting a lot of families that are dealing with that kind of stuff, you know, that are just constantly in trouble for theft or, or whatever. And um, and unfortunately, we've had our share of overdoses, you know, and uh, fatal ones at that. Yeah, and you guys probably don't have the resources or manpower as much as a city would do. And it's you're probably just at the same level as some of the smaller cities. Correct. Yeah. You know, which makes it extremely hard for you guys. Yep. And I think that's where we try, you know, we recognize that and mm-hmm. um, tried to come in. And Mark, you've you've gone up there and, and had some conversations. What what does the feel look like on your on your end? Is- at, at first, honestly, I was surprised by the amount that you guys had to deal with up there. You know, I'm used to suburban Boston, suburban New York City, and the opioid crisis, what we deal with in those areas, but to be in such a rural community, and I, you know, I remember when I came to the meeting, you guys were just finished with dealing with an overdose um, prior to our meeting, and that was just surprising to me, you know, how prevalent it was in the community, and very clear to me that there was an issue, just as big of an issue as there is in the Newfound Lake region, as there is in Nashua, as there is in Boston, as there is in New York or anywhere. So they, you know, our partnership being able to help, it's more of a guidance program. It's able to say, this is an individual who's ready and willing, and what can we do to get them the help that they need? Awesome. And we're going to touch more on that. Right now, we we got to take a break. I'm getting told my uh, the stat man over here is yelling at me to take a break. You're listening to The Hope Dealer gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer for more information. Um, if you'd like to call in today, 866-823-1077. Or if you need more information about Gatehouse, 800-448-9431. You listen to The Hope Dealer on 107.7 The Pulse and 107.3 WEMJ. We'll be back after this. Welcome back, everybody, to The Hope Dealer. 
GateHouseTreatment.com slash Hope Dealer for more information. If you're listening to the Hope Dealer on 107.7 The Pulse and 107.3 WEMJ. Uh, again, if you want to call in, 866-823-1077. Um, and for more information about Gatehouse Treatment, if you'd like to talk to somebody, 800-448-9431. Um, join in studio with Mark from Gatehouse Treatment and Chief Suckling from Dan Barry and Alexandra. Um, and we're talking today about... Uh, you know the partnership with Gatehouse uh, and and the police departments up there. It's it's uh, it's it brings me a lot of hope when two you know opposite ends of the spectrum can kind of start to work together. And you know that's we were we were talking about how we kind of met mm-hmm. first, and and now we're gonna kind of get. It's into interesting that you say opposite because I don't see it like I don't see it like that at all. When I was in uh, active addiction, I definitely did. <laughs> it's be, funny how yeah. you guys say that, and I and I don't think that so. Uh, I, I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder, really. It is, and I think I think in the past couple of years, there's been, especially in New Hampshire, with the Safe Stations program and, yep. and Gloucester Mass, the chief doing the it was the Angel program, yep. whatever. They they you know they've kind of joined forces. But before, yeah, it was if I was even with law enforcement, a good opinion of law enforcement and people in my family that I trust, I would still never walk into a police station and be like, I'm really struggling with shooting right. heroin. I need some help. Right. And I may or may not have a needle on me. You know, right, like it right. just didn't, it's not what society kind of had teached. And, you and know. We've, we've had interesting conversations in the past month or so that, that people are saying, I can't believe I'm telling a police officer this. Yes. That I'm using X amount of grams a day, that I'm in a bad place. And it's great. It, it's it's definitely what, what, what needs to be done. It's the whole, like, it takes a village. Yes. You know, and, and if it's siloed and if you can only go here, if you've been bad or you're in trouble, then it's not going to help, you know, parlay down down the spectrum. I'm absolutely in awe of some of these people that trust us now. I'm not saying they didn't in the past, but what we've been doing in the last few months or a year or so, it's not even a year, is it? No, that's four or five months, months yeah. at this point. I mean, some of the trust that people have shown us in terms of what they're telling us and, and this reaching out for help is huge and yeah. I, I'm, I'm absolutely in awe of it i think it's they can trust you know um someone in active addiction and the people that struggle with addiction that that i have i know and and work with they they can sense you know when someone's being genuine yep. and i think when you're being genuine and you truly say we want to help you it, it i think it opens the door for a lot of a lot of areas that you're probably surprised and i'm surprised when i hear stories from our clients coming in and you know um where they're at and how they want to move ahead and stuff like that. And Chief and his team provide a, a welcoming atmosphere. You know, there's nothing uh, scary like what you would think of, of a police department when you're in active addiction. The work that you guys do up there and the people that they present to, it it gives, uh, you know, those struggling an opportunity to say, maybe I should go to the police department. You know, maybe I should call the guys that are here to help me to get the help that I need. Most of our referrals that we've had in the, in the past couple of months have been through other people that have heard what's going on and been advocates for what we've been doing and getting to these people that are in um, a bad way to get help. I mean, it, there's not a lot of people that have called us and said, I need help. It's more someone that's called and said, hey, listen, my buddy's doing this and this. They're looking to get out of it. They're in a bad way. What can I tell them? Yeah, and this is where we come in with and kind of help ease that fear a little bit. I yes. mean, it'd be very easy for us to not give a damn and say, "Hey, call one eight hundred, get help." I can't remember what the number is. I'm I'm sorry, but um, four four eight nine four three one eight hundred. I'm always there for a cheap so, plug. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what we do is, hey, my friend needs help. I'm like, okay, well, 
let's get this done. We you're going to talk with Mark Macaluso, yeah. not one eight hundred get help, but you're going to talk to a Mark. friend of ours who's yeah. legit. He's he knows what you're going through. He's been there, and uh, he's here to help you. And um, I think it was two weeks ago, Sunday night, we got a call from yes. someone, and I called Mark eight o'clock Sunday, and I'm like, hey bro, this guy needs help. Can we? What can we yeah. do? He goes, get him my number. Did he call Mark? He did call. What does that conversation look like? It was, you know, hey, what's going on? Um, I immediately like to present that I know what he's going through. You know, I don't want to well, be. Well, you do. It's not. It's, it, well, I, exactly. I, do I, you know, like you said, I don't want it to seem like it's a 1-800 number and I'm directing the call. Like, what are you going through? I've been there. So let's see how we can get over this hump. Um, I was able to, you know, direct somebody with no resources and probably if not for this partnership and that phone call would have been more lost than he already was. Um, and that individual found himself some help that evening. And it was interesting to the point that he was referred through a third party who've heard, who heard what we did. Uh, he ended up calling me, I answered and we got talking and I'm like, you need to talk to this guy, Mark. So this gentleman we're talking about, he called me the following day said he's on his way to get help then and there and called me on my cell phone to let me know, hey, thanks. I've He told me he'd been calling for weeks trying to get into a facility, trying to get some help. He said within half an hour of calling you, my path was already clear. And that's yeah. huge. And that is huge. You know, yeah, you, you're not Never calling... mind that he's calling a, a police officer on his right. cell phone. On a Sunday night. On a Sunday night. Saying, hey. saying thank you, yeah. Yeah, so he's calling me the next morning to say, thanks, man, this worked. This really worked for him. And he had this avenue, this path, and he's not calling some cookie cutter um receptionist who's going through a list of how long have you been using check yeah are you addicted check you know yeah. this was this is the real deal this is yeah. honest and legit and it's um it can be gloves off i'm sure at times it's, you know where you're calling someone out and it, it has to be gloves yeah. off it, it's it got to be, be yeah. raw and it has to be genuine and they have to fully know that i know exactly where they are at that moment because yeah, probably one of the best ways to build trust right you know and in in a sense like if I, if i wanted to learn how to be a police officer i'm not going to call mark and ask him his experiences with law enforcement i'm right, going right. to call you and and ask what did you do to get where you are and i think it's kind of the same thing with those struggling it's like all right so you did this and you did that like mm -hmm. what are you gonna do i remember when i first you know joined gatehouse as a client mm. I remember talking to nate our founder and he shared his story and i was like that guy's way worse than i am <laughs> yeah right, right like if he can do it there's no like this should be a breeze and it you yeah. know it was just someone to hold my hand and be like okay step on this stone step on this stone like you know it's and we're not here i mean i'm sure you guys agree with this we're not here to coddle and cuddle people and 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 sort of make it super easy i mean that's not true i mean we're here to make it easy but we're not here to give them, you know, the easy ride or anything. This is yeah. this is true. This well, is we the want them, they have to exert a level of willingness. They yeah. have to be able to say, you know, they're picking up the, if somebody's picking up a phone call and calling law enforcement and asking for help, that's already there's willingness. It's huge, yeah. You yeah. know, there's something that most people don't have there. And then they're willing to talk to me or, or somebody, a complete stranger that they've never met before and yeah. say again, you know, now we're at two times in 15 minutes, I need help. I'm trying. I can't receive it. How can you help me? And then continue on with that conversation. Yeah, once the seed of willingness is planted, then it can start to grow. We call it like the mustard seed. Yeah. That right. tiny little seed. And once that, then you can start to nurture. Yeah. We don't look in a, you know, you can't coddle someone no. through early recovery, but no. get them in the door is usually the hardest part. Yep. And once they can see other, 
other people that have kind of been through it and mm-hmm. experiencing it, then they're then they're more at, adapt to listen and yes. you know absolutely try to um, try to maybe give it a shot. Yeah, you know why not? And and I think you know also a lot of the people out there using stuff like they don't have a lot of a lot of society writes them off. Yes. You know, like, oh, they're just a junkie. You know, I don't like even using that word, but they're just a the, junkie. The stigma yeah, that like, follows yes, it everywhere. Yes, they do break laws. Like, you know, does, should someone get in treatment and still have to answer to a breaking and entering charge? Yes. You broke the you broke the law, you know. Absolutely. You, just even if you had cancer, you're sick, doesn't mean you can go punch someone in the face because yes. you're having a bad day. So it's it's that whole, you know, um, way. Of, but it's not like, you know, maybe we'll just throw them in jail and they get out and bail and then you're dealing with it 15 days later. It's like that. we got to break that cycle. And the more people that we can get clean back into our communities that say, hey, I did this and it worked, the more that it, it reaches out to people that are going through those tough times and saying, you know, this is my, my life's crap. Yeah. My life's crap. I need to get out of it. He did it. You know, and like you said, he was way worse than I was. So yeah. any, if he can do it, anyone can. Yeah. So huge strength to these guys and, and kudos to these guys for even trying to get clean. I mean, I, I, I don't, sorry, I don't understand addiction. Yeah. Uh, uh, like you guys do um but seeing it from another point of view like you know yeah. a year ago if we were having this conversation it would have been a completely different conversation as you know yeah. but our minds are open and our eyes and ears are open to change and this is what yeah. we've come up with and i'm not saying that this relationship will work for everyone but it works for us yeah, yeah. Because, and, it, and it's a different approach because right. the old way clearly wasn't really working well it wasn't working for us i mean yeah. we don't have safe stations and and nice places for for people to go who are having a tough time of it. We've yeah. got nothing. Yeah. You know, um so now we have something. Yeah. And and Mark's been great and you guys have been very open to what we've we've suggested and you know the um after I went down to Gatehouse just before Christmas, you guys gave us a scholarship which was my goodness, that was huge. Gave us a scholarship. I feel to, like we it was like the give, least we could do for you guys. You it was know? amazing. Like, like, but it was amazing. You know, we gave someone um, a chance at life again, and and I'm not trying to oversell that. That's just the absolute truth. We gave yeah. him a chance at life. Yes. And um, our so, biggest boundary with that was having the individual have the willingness yeah. to reach out back to the police department thing to be yeah. able to call police department. We, um, you know, ha- had done an interview prior, and our first uh, uh, thing we said was, "This is not a trap. You know, we're not trying yeah. to lure you right. into the yeah. police Absolutely. department to, you know, arrest you. Like we we want to help." Yeah. Um, and somebody got that help. And again, it was through a third party, someone else that said, hey, I heard this is happening. Is it true? They contacted us. We're like, yes. He um, he got his mate. To, this this gentleman had also found sobriety his own way. And uh, he got one of his mates to come on in. And um, and he came on in and we got him got him some help. And it was tough, wasn't it? To, just to get him to get to that first it step. It took about, from first contact for to him yeah. to come into the program, it took about a week. Yeah, a amazing. lot of oh, my phone doesn't lot of have services and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so they're um, giving us the wrap up music here. So okay. I want to thank you guys for coming in. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. Some more, maybe we can awesome. revisit it in a little bit and see how we're doing up there. And if anyone's got any questions for us, yeah. they can call us at work. Nice. Nine one one. No, no, no. But uh, if someone wants it, I'm sure they yeah, can find it. You, Alexandria if, Danbury PDs. We're here for the community. We'd like to like to hear from you. And if anybody yeah. is looking for more information, they can reach up to uh, us at Gatehouse, and we'll get pass a message along. GatehouseTreatment.com slash Hope Dealer or eight hundred four four eight nine four three one. You've been listening to the Hope Dealer this Sunday on one hundred seven point seven WTPL and one hundred seven point three WEMJ and 
I'm going to go have breakfast with Webster and the Doodles. Thank you very much.